Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. All right. Well, we're getting started with <laughs> getting started off right here on Saturday night on The Circle. Ethan Hatcher, your host, producer Jack on the board. And this is the first broadcast of 2024. I'm very excited, but obviously we're still ironing out the bumps and that's OK. That's OK. We'll get it figured out. Um so I we we've recently had over the last few months um, kind of a producer shuffle. Uh, producer Carl had left for greener pastures, and then we had producer Gary for a couple of weeks, but he went out for a pack of cigarettes and never came back. Am I am I correct in assuming, producer Jack, that you are the new permanent producer for Saturday Night on the Circle? Is that correct in my assumption? Yes, that's correct. Awesome. And yeah, um, I haven't gotten trained on the show exactly, but. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have worked together before, so I'm pretty confident. We'll figure it out, man. Yeah. You've done a great job on other shows. I have nothing but the utmost confidence in your ability to execute this highly rated <laughs> Saturday night show. Thank you know, you. I, I mean, it. It, I, I just had to confirm that it was going to be you to be the permanent uh, uh, producer because they tell me nothing around here. Yeah. They, they really do. I'm the low man on the totem pole. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kept completely out of the loop. Well, glad to welcome you to the show. Uh, welcome to this uh, highly rated program and i look forward to working with you uh, week after week thank you i look forward to it too let's get started with the stories for this evening after all we have to commemorate this inaugural 2024 broadcast with a reflection on the outgoing governor eric holcomb he gave his final state of the state address and wouldn't you know it he hit quite a self-congratulatory note but was it deserved nearly every step forward we've made during these last seven years has followed the Indiana model. A remarkable team effort. So please give yourselves and our statewide partners a big round of applause on a job well done. Establishment, establishment, you always know what's best. You suck! Learn the rules! I had to cut down the self-adulation. They gave themselves more than a minute standing ovation. But what is there to celebrate? The infrastructure of the capital city is crumbling. We have a rising crime rate. Uh, property taxes are forcing Hoosiers out of their homes. The legislature passed the highest gas tax increase in Indiana state history and all of that under Governor Eric Holcomb's tenure. The fact that he was trying to say Indiana is a leader nationwide in infrastructure is really thumbing his nose, particularly at Hoosiers living in the capital city because it's falling apart. Yeah, I, you know, US 40 might be fine. Driving along I-70 is pleasant enough. But if you get off the highway and start hitting Michigan Street or New York Street or 10th Street or some of the alleyways right over on my side of town, you got a 15-foot pothole that's been festering for years and Eric Holcomb's going to act like everything is okay. We're now known for advanced manufacturing, for being a 
top 10 ag state, a leader in plant, animal, and life sciences, a top convention destination, a logistics and freight hub, a top state in the nation for infrastructure. I mean, it's just not a good look for the governor to be saying we're leading the nation when he's allowing the capital city to fall apart. Like, I'm, is he just not driving around the state house very much? Maybe that's part of the uh, cushy gig. You know, uh, uh, they outfit the governor's vehicle with uh, extra, uh, extra strong suspension. I don't know what's going on. Uh, so that way he doesn't notice the potholes on his journey here. Um, or maybe he's just lying to you. And that's uh, the simpler truth. Of course, he was also uh, making grand gestures about uh, the AAA credit rating that uh, Indiana has maintained thanks to its surplus, but he mentioned nothing about the disastrous shortfalls in Medicaid thanks to his expansion of government-run health care. Our population is growing faster than every state we border. We paid down $4.5 billion in debt, returned $1.5 billion to taxpayers, all while maintaining prudent reserves to keep our triple-A state credit rating. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> Thank goodness we had the prudent reserves that were largely grown by pre- you know, predecessors in the executive office than Governor Holcomb, because if, if we didn't have that, we wouldn't be able to pay for the nearly billion-dollar shortfall of his expansion in the Medicaid program. So Governor Holcomb is not a strong conservative leader, and the Indiana State Legislature, the General Assembly, has only enabled his profligate spending, which has been exacerbated since uh, the pandemic, and and in particular, some of the uh, uh, disastrous uh, decisions that were uh, laid uh, laid out during the pandemic really impacted small businesses like my own to the tune of more than $30,000 in losses thanks to the governor's implementation of the eviction moratorium that was later extended by the president, completely unconstitutional. And of course, the mask mandates and the shutdowns in which the government played favorites and got to pick which businesses were allowed to function and which businesses had to close, doing enormous damage to small business owners across the state. And now he's buddying up with these cushy multi-billion dollar uh, international corporations and that's all well and good economic expansion you, you know is is twofold on the one hand you have to uh, uh, big business is great but on the other hand you have to invest in small business expansion in the state as well for Hoosiers who uh, who are lifelong you know lifelong uh, residents of the state and who intend to keep their business and expand here providing uh, jobs for locals whereas these multinational corporations they come and they go and you can't stake your entire state on their success. But Garrett Holcomb, of course, buddying up to some of these multi-billion dollar corporations and uh, giving them individual recognition during the state of the state, showing you how in bed the government is with big business. All three of these total over $9 billion in new investment. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Yoon Jin Kim, Star Plus Energy's newly appointed CEO. We could not be more humbled and appreciative of the faith and trust you put in our state and we will reinvest in you and your workforce. Thank you so much. There it is. It's beautiful. Take your hat off, boy. That's a dollar bill. 
Meanwhile, they're gi- you know giving taxpayer subsidies to these multi-billion-dollar corporations that don't need them for the temporary influx of economic revenue that may go in the future. It's not permanent compared to investing in your small business infrastructure and people who are tied to their communities. There needs to be a dual focus in economic expansion that Eric Holcomb has sadly lacked during his tenure, and he promises that he's not done yet. In fact, he's going to redouble his efforts during his final year as governor, and that spells doom potentially for you and me. Term limited, though I am. (laughs) Here are my promises to you for 2024. My administration will not be a ship in port. Instead, we will deploy on multiple fronts until my last day and hour as your governor. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Leaving behind an abysmal record of failure, let's hope that his replacement does better. It's probably going to be Mike Braun. We'll see, but uh, but I got a feeling. So let's hope that things are better in the years to come. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC Saturday Night on The Circle. Before I end this segment, I also wanted to cover the re- forthcoming retirement surprise announcement at the beginning of the month uh, from Representative Larry Bouchon announcing on Monday that he is going to step aside for the 2024 election cycle, uh, releasing in a statement. Scripture teaches us for everything there is a season. And it became clear to me over the Christmas holiday with much discernment and prayer that the time has come to bring my season in public service to a conclusion. Therefore, I will not seek re-election to the eighth term and conclude my service in the House of Representatives at the end of the 118th Congress. I don't know why I made him a Southern debutante, but, you know, I just just think that I did. Um, (laughs) But curiously, of course, this also qualifies him for the very cushy pension plan that is given to representatives, which by the way, why are we paying for these people to retire from government? I thought being in government was meant to be a service to your country, and these people are already entering into the service independently wealthy, many times 100,000 heirs that exit 100 millionaires, thanks to the benefits of insider trading. And then on top of it, they get a lifetime uh, taxpayer-subsidized pension plan that's quite cushy. Uh, I'd also be looking on K Street to see uh, whether Larry Bouchon and Representative Greg Pence, who also announced his retirement this week on Tuesday are potentially working at the same firm. Of course, both of them leaving behind a record of big government spending because Indiana Republicans do not live up to the core values of conservatism, limited government, low spending, limited taxation. No, all, like, like in many in many cases, it's exactly the opposite of what's going on here in uh, the state of Indiana. But at least we don't have an abortion factory on every corner. Isn't that what they run their uh, election premise on every, every time? Or that's what they did. Anyway, we'll see who uh, uh, who steps up to fill the vacuum and uh, likely thanks to the limited time, I believe they just have uh, uh, roughly a month before the congressional fi- congressional filing deadline that leaves the gap wide open for the establishment to fill it with a candidate of their choosing that already has a leg up. You know how the game goes. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle, the inaugural broadcast of 2024. We're off to a good start and we got more to come up next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Saturday night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to 93 WIBC. This is Saturday Night on the Circle, and I'm your Bohemian Codger, Ethan Hatcher. Producer Jack on the board, beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. We're starting this segment talking about House Republicans who have now advanced through committee, uh, the Judiciary and Oversight Committees, their first steps for holding Hunter Biden accountable, uh, pressing uh, contempt charges forward. Now, it moves to a House floor vote uh, to the whole chamber, uh, but it's not clear when that vote will be held. If it goes through, it will ultimately be up to the Department of Justice and specifically the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia to decide whether to prosecute. And it will be very insightful to see the partisanship of the Justice Department, whether or not they go forward with the completely what should be completely legitimate charges of contempt against the son of the sitting president. And that offends the Biden family, the Biden crime family, any level of accountability. This was Jill Biden sitting down for an interview with Mika Brzezinski of uh, MSNBC and saying that we've never seen this level of outrage in the country before and terms like, uh, you know, calling the president mentally deficient or uh, the family corrupt Biden crime family in particular would have been unthinkable 10 years ago. (laughs) Oh, how quickly we forget. What do you think when you hear Trump Republicans calling it the Biden crime family or uh, (laughs) one congresswoman, the Biden crime family sold out America, Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's a liar. He's mentally incompetent. Um, And let's not even talk about what let's go Brandon means, mm-hmm. but you have U.S. senators holding signs that say that. Biden it's hard to realize our country, isn't it? I mean, to look at it, what we used to have and um, what the other side, the extremists have turned this country into. I mean, we would never see things like that, say, 10 years ago. It'd be funny if it weren't so pathetic. No, what the heck? I'll laugh anyway. <laughs> How quickly they forget the past, the not-so-distant past included. Remember when they routinely called George Bush a war criminal for engagement in Iraq? What about the nightly lampooning on talk shows and through comedians that President Trump underwent on a daily basis during his presidency, up to and including uh, baseless impeachments from uh, the the Democrat-controlled Congress? So, no, I, I don't think we've never seen this level of vitriol before, and I think you're very specifically 
outraged at the accountability that is potentially being uh, uh, brought against the Biden crime family. Now, Hunter Biden, again, flagrantly defying Congress, actually showing up on, I think, what was was it Wednesday? Wednesday morning, sitting on the front row of his contempt uh, hearings in uh, the the congressional committees. And he refused to answer questions and ultimately stormed out of the room like a petulant child, again, giving the silent treatment to reporters who were pointing out legitimate things that the Congress is now looking into, like the fact Biden was holding conference calls between business partners and dad, or at least that's what one would assume since he was putting them on speakerphone. Mr. Biden, did you show up to test? Why did you show up? Why did you put your dad on speakerphone if he had nothing to do with your business? You put him on speakerphone multiple times to talk to your business partners. Why did you, why did you do that? was a little less talkative than he was in December when he showed up on the Senate side, again, flouting his congressional subpoena. And it didn't used to be a uh, controversial position for uh, individuals that to have to abide by their congressional subpoena. In fact, uh, Jamie Raskin, again, in the not so distant past, how quickly Democrats forget, saying that you should tell your children if you do have a congressional subpoena, then you have to attend. And it was an uh, expectation that was uh, uh lived up to by members of the Trump family when they had congressional uh, subpoenas and ultimately were deposed in front of the Congress. And now it's Hunter's turn. But you, you see, the equal treatment Jill Biden feels is very unfair, very cruel. Mika, I, I think what they are doing to Hunter is cruel. Oh, boo-hoo. Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. This is serious. I know. This really is the world's smallest violin. See? So we have more and more evidence coming to light, especially since the uh, 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 impeachment inquiry has began b- begun officially by the House. We have emails between uh, father and business associates directly ar- around the time that Hunter Biden was being appointed to the board in Burisma. We have bank transactions between foreign governments and Biden fi- uh, family members. Uh, we have Biden himself discussing holding taxpayer funds hostage while he was acting in official capacity as the vice president uh, in order to uh, 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 force the ousting of the prosecutor that was investigating Burisma while his corrupt son was sitting on the board and so much more. All of this has been coming to light since the impeachment inquiry has begun. It's a story that has continued to develop since the Biden laptop was first uncovered. And remember, at the time. They said that that was a, a Russian disinformation campaign. But no, it's been legitimized more and more every step of the way. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for the Biden crime family, we have many Democrats going on the record saying that if you have a congressional subpoena, you are, you are compelled to to be deposed before the Congress. That is the authority of the legislature and our elected representatives. This didn't used to be a controversial position. Again, Jamie Raskin, just in 20, I think it was a 2022. The lesson is, uh, please tell your children out there in America, if you get a subpoena to go before Congress or you get a subpoena <laughs> to go to the court, go. Yeah, yeah, he said it. He said it. Yeah, yeah, there it is. There it is. Rules.
rules for thee, but not for me. Of course, when Trump uh, Trump family members expected to appear before Congress, they did. Biden family members get some kind of ex- exemption. This is ridiculous, and this is why people point to the partisanship of the Justice Department and uh, point to the clown show that is Congress, because it really shouldn't be the complicated at this point to move forward with uh, uh, contempt of Congress charges. And the only reason why this is being stalled and given so much consideration is because Hunter is the son of the sitting president. And if that were you or I, it would be straight to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. That's how it would be. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. We've got more content to come up next. Hat Tricks with Hatcher. Truly ridiculous clips you don't want to miss. Stay tuned to 93 WIBC. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to your weekly dose of flagrant contempt by your elected officials and members in media. Tonight, you'll hear reporters cackle and chortle gleefully as they fantasize about presidential assassination in a shocking clip that must be heard to be believed. Bob Menendez, meanwhile, claims he's being unfairly persecuted by the Justice Department as they investigate his ties to foreign governments. And finally, amidst the chaos, Bill O'Reilly has had enough, and he's decided to shutter himself from society at large. You'll hear it all for this week week's edition of Hat Tricks with Hatcher. It's time for another one of Hatcher's Hat Tricks. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, and producer Jack on the board, beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. We begin uh, with liberal reporters chortling with glee, imagining the imminent assassination of President Donald Trump as they were standing outside a New York courtroom in uh, 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 while Trump was offering uh, oral arguments before the court. You know, the worst part is, even if he has his window open and he's hanging out of it, he'll be on the other side of the <laughs> I mean, if he's driving, we've got a good shot. Yeah, if he's driving with the front window open. Yeah. Or if it's a convertible. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Like if he just pulls up like, like JFK. Auto, you know? It's like a JFK, a Lincoln. lost your reptilian ass mind so mind you these are supposedly objective members in media which we know is a joke and they don't turn off their bias when the interview starts and they begin asking president trump questions or when they're starting to write up the article that they're late they later intend to publish no they carry that hatred that animus with them and it produces bias in media that we absolutely pick up and they pretend it's not there but when you hear shocking clips like that, where reporters are joking about the assassination of the president, then it shows the bias that they have in their hearts. And these liberals seemingly have Trump prominently on the mind. They just can't get him off, including Washington Representative uh, Pramia Jayapal, 
who made an interesting drop during the contempt of Congress hearings for Hunter Biden, of course, trying to deflect the conversation and bring Donald Trump in. But she made a faux pas. We're going to talk about outrageous things that have happened or things that have never happened. Let's talk about the fact that President Trump incited an erection. Uh, and <laughs> maybe that, too. <laughs> yeah, you can talk about that, too, I guess. I don't want to be imagining any member of the government that way, especially Donald Trump. That's the last thing I'd have on my mind. But, you know, maybe that's just what these uh, deranged liberals are thinking about all the time. Anyway. Whether it's assassination or uh, incitement of an erection, uh, <laughs> seemingly Donald Trump always top of mind for those that hate him. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. We, of course, also had uh, uh, Senator Bob Menendez uh, making a uh, monologue from the floor of the Senate, uh, trying to make it all about him and uh, uh, claiming persecution by the Justice Department, even though we have now now uh, association between him and foreign governments offering him uh, payment in uh, exchange for information about the goings on of uh, the 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 government and uh, influencing what legislation moves forward um, and and he says that of course he's being targeted by the DOJ and if they allow that to continue why any it could be any one of them up next by filing three indictments one in late September a second one a few weeks later in mid-October, and a third one just last week in early January. It allows the government to keep the sensational story in the press. It poisons the jury pool, and it seeks to convict me in the court of public opinion. In so doing, the government's tactics harm not just me, but each of you, my colleagues, the political establishment, and most importantly, the electorate of New Jersey. The sensationalized allegations are now creating a rising call for my resignation, despite my innocence, and before a single piece of evidence has even been introduced in a court of law. The United States Attorney's Office is engaged not in a prosecution, but a persecution. They seek a victory, not justice. Oh, Let me play a sad song for you on the world's smallest violin. This is serious. I know. This really is the world's smallest violin. See? To the extent investigating Bob Menendez does endanger other representatives in the Senate. I hope it does. Because you need to investigate these corrupt POSs. You know what I mean? (laughs) Absolutely look into their financial transactions with the levels of insider trading that are definitely going on within the Congress, within the Senate. Um, Jordan Belfort, we've got a clip from him. He sat down with Tucker Carlson. And if anyone knows a thing or two about ripping off the stock market, it would be Jordan Belfort from Wolf of Wall Street saying that, yes, absolutely, people like Joe Biden, people like Nancy Pelosi, people like Bob Menendez there are engaged in money laundering, in stock manipulation, in insider trading, activities that would, again, be criminal for you or me, land us straight to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200, but because they are the elite, the uh, establishment types, they get a pass. 
Um, speaking of establishment types, um, Joe Biden, of course, he is losing popularity. His uh, ap- approval ratings are at an all-time low, uh, competing amongst the lowest in history. And uh, representatives for the administration are going out gaslighting, attempting to deflect, including campaign spokesman Quentin Folks, who made a truly outrageous claim that I think may be a little insulting to uh, uh, Joe Biden's former running mate. We'll see if you agree. Explain some more or less the accomplishments that Biden's had in office. Is he wrong to be worried? Well, first of all, I want to very level set this. Like, nobody, no administration has accomplished what the Biden-Harris administration has accomplished for the African-American community. Really? We made this one up. It's a made-up tale. It's a total fabrication. (laughs) It never happened. It never happened. This one was invented by a writer. I wonder if the first African-American president of the United States would have something to say about who benefited the African com- African-American community more. Um, how quickly he forgets his former uh, running mate, Barack Obama. Of course, we know there's no love between the former president and the vice president. Uh, uh, Barack Obama is one of his most famous uh, statements about uh, Joe Biden. Never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to F things up, except he didn't say. You know, he, he didn't say fudge. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> so Joe Biden attempting to take credit in a ridiculous uh, way, saying that it, no no president has accomplished more for African-Americans, but singing a very different tune back in 1987, attempting to distance himself with the uh, activists in the civil rights movement, as he then put it. During the 60s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. I was involved. I was involved in what, what they were thinking, what they were feeling. I was involved, but I was not out marching. I was not down in Selma. I was not anywhere else. Oh, damn. I wasn't anywhere near that business, you know, attempting to distance himself, but now saying no president has done more for the African-American community. Joe Biden is flagrantly dishonest. He's been corrupt his entire life, and the only consistent position he's had is one of being inconsistent. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher. We, of course, have one more soundbite to go in this segment, and that's Bill Riley losing his temper, uh, unloading uh, in a monologue and attempt or saying that he intends to distance himself from society at large. He's cut his friend base and excluded all progressives. Now, I know we live in very politically contentious times, but I think this is a rather myopic way to approach the world and silo yourself in an echo chamber where only people, the only people who surround you are those who agree. Here's what Bill O'Reilly had to say. I'm telling you, I don't have any progressive friends anymore. They're gone because I can't stomach death. Criminals running wild, murdering people because progressive DAs funded by George Soros don't want to punish the violent criminals. That's what you're giving me. You support that. Get out of my house. Out. I've had it. Biden is not going to get any better. And the Democratic Party has to get destroyed next November. I don't care whether you like Trump or not. Trump governed this nation in a responsible way where everybody prospered. Like Zoinks, man. This is really spooky. Yeah, this doesn't feel safe. Let's get out of here. 
I think it's very healthy to be able to defend your political position in a debate against those who disagree and be able to walk away and and know that you know you don't share the same worldview, but then still hold a mutual respect. That's how public discourse used to go. And not all of my friends agree politically. Some are conservative, some are moderate, some are establishment, some are liberal, some are, you know, moderate Democrats. Um, And many, in fact, I would say by far the most, aren't engaged politically at all. In fact, most people, I think, aren't caught up in this political maelstrom. We we kind of lose sight. We put on the political blinders because we pay attention to these discussions. We pay attention to the news. But if you're going to be able to maintain your political philosophy, one of the best ways to do it is to be able to articulate those positions and then bounce them off of people who have different worldviews. And You know, sometimes you grow, sometimes you evolve and you don't necessarily change what you believe, but it gives you new insights and new perspectives that show you a different way to approach the the, the topic. Anyway. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. And, uh, you know, Bill O'Reilly, that's fine. He can silo himself off from the world. But uh, I enjoy seeing different perspectives uh, because it helps uh, educate and inform my own perspective on the world and politics. You can uh, uh, find my podcast uploaded to WIBC.com as well as Saturday night on the circle.fireside.fm. Stay tuned because up next we're going to talk about that crazy Alaska Airlines trip uh, and what the National Traffic Safety Board found that had dropped 16,000 feet and survived. You won't believe it. We'll tell you about it up next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm sure the passengers of that Max 737 Boeing are glad to be staying alive. It's a nightmare situation to imagine what happened last Friday when they were 16,000 feet up in the air and all of a sudden the emergency door gets sucked off. One guy loses his shirt. You got uh, uh, luggage flying out the window, people's papers, laptops, cell phones, uh, an infant was 
sitting on somebody's lap and they had to hold on to baby for dear life to keep the kid from getting sucked out into the wild blue yonder. Fortunately, nobody suffered a fatality. You know, you had the oxygen mass uh, dropping down from the ceiling, which is something you never want to see when you're riding an airplane. Like, I, I've looked at it in the brochure before, but I would not want to live through a scenario where they actually had to be deployed in a situation like this. Again, everybody landed safely and uh, the NTSB grounded all 737 MAX 9 flights because others have experienced uh, some technical issues, not of this magnitude, but enough to cause concern. Interestingly, uh, a side note, Boeing had announced uh, their intent to diversify their workforce a few years ago, and then now airplanes are falling apart. I wonder if there's any connection there. That's uh, that's just speculative. You know, you know the, the mind wonders. Um, now all those 737 MAX 9 flights have been grounded. Uh, that particular plane had given some indication of trouble before, which is why they weren't flying it over the ocean, thank goodness. Um, but it, but they, they knew that there was pressure issues in the cabin, and then, well, now we know why. I guess they had a few screws loose or something going wrong in the fuselage for a part of the plane to just be ripped off mid-flight. And then <clears throat> you won't believe what survived the 16,000-foot fall couple of cell phones, not one, but two in what I would say is a pretty stunning uh, advertisement for the efficacy of your OtterBox case. Um, they they fell 60,000 feet without so much as a scratch. They were still functional and you could track down who owned the uh, the cell phones. And this is according, this isn't just, you know, made up. It was confirmed by the NTSB. A uh, Twitter user had found the cell phone with the charging cord still attached. So there's USB-C, uh, C charging cords <laughs> really really sturdy for it to still be in the phone of course it was ripped in half uh, the cable was but still attached that's very impressive and the phone still functional still had a charge uh, so invest in OtterBox uh, if you want to protect your cell phone uh, here in Indianapolis we also had an interesting story uh, the entitlement of people is absolutely wild a couple uh, chose to engage in what, what's called and I've never heard of this before a pop-up wedding okay now I've heard of pop-up shops where they have, you know, a temporary store move into a storefront, you know, for a limited time, a couple weeks, a couple months. It depends on the venue. But this is a pop-up wedding and, you know, a bunch of jerks stormed into the Mansion Society uh, without so much as a how do you do and began their wedding ceremony. And the didn't, and mind you, they didn't pay the booking fee to the owners. They left a bunch of trash. They didn't buy any coffee. They just evaded themselves of this private business and went on their merry way. You know, a few of them uh, may, may have gotten a coffee, but not most of the group. And then after the fact, of course, the bride offers $200 of a $500 uh, booking fee. Uh, but, you know, obviously that's not that's not satisfactory. And the business owners themselves, a young, I believe, a Hispanic couple, um, is a mother-daughter team, yeah, um, Anna Lazama and uh, Zoraida Lazama, a mother and daughter, they've owned this business for the last two years and they felt like backed into a corner because they just started the ceremony right away. They were filming it uh, and, and you know how these situations go. If they were you know, going to uh, break up the wedding, then they would become the instant target of outrage online and potentially lose the reputation of their business that they've worked so hard uh, to establish over the last two years 
years. And additionally, Mansion Society is in the lobby of a residential structure. <laughs> so like the probably the worst place that you should uh, uh, be be conducting a ceremony like this anyway thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle stay tuned for more up next we're going to be t- uh, talking about the Defense Department scandal where Lloyd Austin has been and apparently government's still left out of the loop you won't believe it we'll tell you about it up next it's jungle out there Disorder and confusion everywhere No one seems to care Well, I do You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle On 93 WIPC Welcome back to 93 WIBC Saturday night on The Circle. I'm your bohemian codger, Ethan Hatcher. And producer Jack, do my eyes do my eyes deceive me? I think we have the camera back up in, in action. Yes, it's working. Yes, we do. I it, don't know how it got fixed, but it got fixed. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's how technology around here yeah, works. Maybe yeah, we jiggled the cable. I don't, I don't know. I didn't even touch the thing. It was working for Guy's show. You know, and the, and the, I don't know, yeah, uh, but don't know. but that's the important thing. It's work. It's working now. You know, and for the listeners who may have doubted that I was in the studio this entire time, you now have the proof. I'm here. It wasn't just a pre-recorded first hour. Um, no, I, I was here the entire time, and will remain so until I go off at 9 p.m. Thanks for joining me in this segment. We're going to talk about the unfolding uh, scandal in the Defense Department. Lloyd Austin disappearing for a period of time, not telling anybody where he went, and now Inspector General launching an investigation. This is getting more serious now for the president's administration. The Defense Department Inspector General is now investigating how Secretary Lloyd Austin's vanishing act and undisclosed hospitalization were handled. Secretary Austin is still out of commission and the white house is working double time to try to explain away this controversy this all began more than like almost a month and a half ago now when at first uh, defense secretary lloyd austin went in for a medical procedure uh, to treat his prostate cancer which that's fine nobody is upset that the defense department or defense secretary had to undergo a medical treatment it's the lack of transparency it's the fact that he didn't inform even his deputy secretary who had to temporarily take over his duties when he was hospitalized again due to complications and keeping the white house out of the loop which has now damaged their already impaired credibility even further why should we believe anything that this administration tells us about anything ever again. I think we all recognize, and I think the Pentagon has been very, very honest with themselves about uh, the um, the challenge to, to, to credibility by what by what has transpired here and by what and by uh, uh, how, how how hard it was for them to be fully transparent with the American people. I think we all recognize that. And and wait, wait now, just give me a second now. I, I know you got another one coming here, but but we all recognize that this didn't unfold the way it should have on so many levels. Not just the notification process up the chain of command, but the transparency issue. We all recognize that, and, and I think we all want to make sure we learn from that. 
I, uh, it's up to you and your colleagues, and it's up to the American people to determine, you know, how much they're going uh, to ascribe what happened here to our credibility on every single issue. But in, in every way. Secretary Austin has been an exceptional defense secretary, and he still has the full faith and confidence of the commander in chief. Still has the full faith and confidence. They still. Okay, look, he hasn't taken responsibility. He continues not to be transparent. And at this point, after all this scrutiny and after the media attention of the media has been alerted, it begs the question of what the defense secretary has left to hide because he hasn't taken responsibility. He continues not to be transparent, not the White House still left out of the loop. They don't know where the defense secretary is conducting business of the United States. They, they you know, they, they don't know when he's coming home from the hospital, where he's doing his business. Uh, you know, again, is it bedside? This is kind of important to know, especially at a time of war when our allies are under attack by terrorist threats and even United States forces are being attacked by Houthi rebels. So, yeah, we need the defense secretary to be up and uh, on top of things and have an awareness of what he's doing in the business of the American people. But still, the White House kept out of the loop. You said that uh, Secretary Austin took uh, part in the conversations regarding the Red Sea. Uh, do you know if he was conducting his business from the bedside or is he at release from the hospital? Mm-hmm. Kirby! Kirby! Uh, I would refer you to the Pentagon for uh, his whereabouts and his condition. It's uh, yesterday, at least for where he is today. Yesterday, he was still in the hospital. gibberish you got nothing he has no answer to where the defense secretary is after saying that he's taken responsibility and maintains full confidence of the executive and if they're not going to tell us what's going on with the defense secretary what aren't they telling us about the executive about the president of the united states about his declining uh mental health condition and declining faculties generally um all of this brought to light by the scandal at a time when i'm sure the administration is not looking to arouse the ire of the American people in a contentious and close election year during which he's likely to face his former rival, Donald Trump. Um, So it's damaging the credibility of the administration. And it's hilarious. They're trying to put on a bold face. It's, oh, well, you know, we're asking the right questions. And we've been very inquisitive since uh, we we, we found out that the defense secretary had prostate cancer, which was the same time the American people People discovered it more than a month later after the fact. Going back to Selena's question about Secretary Austin, I think what she was getting at, it seems, is that there's a big difference when Jake Sullivan was informed by the Pentagon um, in whether he was told when he asked about uh, Secretary Austin's condition, uh, we don't know because we haven't been told by the secretary versus uh, we know, but we're not going to share that with you or we've not been authorized to share that with you. So so the question is, which one was it? Did, did Pentagon officials decline to share information they knew with the National Security Advisor or did they just not have the information themselves? Yeah. I would put it this way. Once we 
found out he was in the hospital, we certainly asked all the questions you would think we would ask to try to ascertain his condition uh, and what, what was what, what what drove him into the, the hospital. Of course, we were curious about that. He's the Secretary of Defense and he's a key member of the administration. Um, uh, I would just tell you that uh, that 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 effort to try to get more information was was overt um, and it was genuine and it was certainly in the spirit of making sure that we understood what was going on with him and um, uh, in, in terms of his recovery. Um, I'll let the Pentagon speak to the information flow uh, both publicly and inside the chain of command, but I can assure you that uh, that throughout every step of the way, from the time we were notified until, you know, yesterday when we all found out that he had prostate cancer, uh, there was no lack of, uh, of curiosity on our part, no lack of or slackening of, a, of an effort to try to find out what was wrong with him. Give our, spo- our skepticism there, uh, spokesman Kirby, about the levels of transparency and inquis- inquisitiveness of the administration. Well, now we're going to find out exactly what went on, thanks to the inspector general launching an investigation against the uh, Defense Department secretary and exactly what the breakdown was, where the lack of communication happened, what policies can be implemented to ensure it never happens again. And of course, the American people are ultimately going to have to decide whether or not they want to hold the executive accountable for the complete chaos that the administration has descended into thanks to his lackluster leadership. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle, 93 WIBC. You can find my podcast uploaded to Saturday Night on the Circle.fireside.fm as well as WIBC.com. Stay tuned. Up next, we'll tell you about a ridiculous pro Hamas protest that was held just right outside my window here on the steps of Monument Circle earlier this week. Um, a pro Hamas group. Uh, 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 protesting and we'll play some sound bites from that and an interview from john herrick up next so stay tuned life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com brought to you by novartis pharmaceuticals corporation Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. This is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. 
Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, with producer Jack on the board. Beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. This week we had a bit of an oxymoron. Pro-Palestinian Jews meeting on Monument Circle in what essentially amounts to chickens for KFC. Um, it, let's not be uh, dishonest here, intellectually dishonest. It's not a pro-Palestinian protest. This was a pro-Hamas protest. People who were uh, portraying Israel as uh, 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 progenitors of genocide, which is an absolutely ridiculous position, uh, considering that it was Hamas which murdered civilians, breaking a ceasefire, and now is facing retaliation, natural consequence for their aggression. And yes, it's very sad what's happening to the Palestinian people that is the result of the aggression from their representatives and government, which cares not a damn about them, ripping out water pipes taking away resources from their own people and meanwhile you got nitwits like Malka Bird out here storming on Monday morning on Monument Circle demanding a uh, cease to tax tax dollars that are used for genocide in Gaza which is not what's going on. We're here today because we're over 90 days of a constant siege and bombardment in Gaza. Over 22,000 people have been killed. Over 10,000 of those are children so we're just here to make a very clear message for Senator Young and Senator Braun to let them know that our tax dollars cannot be used to fund a genocide in Gaza. Your intellect is as weak as your dollar. Failure is your destiny. You disrespect yourself and your nation. You are made of stupid. The Jewish Voice for Peace, a pro-Hamas group, was uh, associated and appeared with the Middle Eastern Students Association of IUPUI. And I don't hesitate in saying that these IUPUI students who attended the show should be expelled or uh, attended this protest should be expelled immediately. Um, It wouldn't be complicated if they were part of a Klan rally or performing Nazi salutes because the uh, university wouldn't want to be associated with hate speech at that level, which absolutely, if you are claiming uh, or or, uh, uh, repeating the crime, of uh, from the river to the sea that is a call for genocide so they are gaslighting you they are engaged in uh, uh, a very inflammatory rhetoric that is calling for the extermination of the jewish people meanwhile pointing the finger at israel and you know saying that they're guilty of the war crimes (laughs) oh wait you serious Let me laugh even harder. (laughs) Meanwhile, South Africa has actually taken Israel to court at the International Court of Justice, the highest uh, court from the United Nations, over charges of genocide, which is hilarious because South Africa sure has come a long way since the days of putting gasoline in rubber tires and placing them around the necks of their enemies and setting it alight. What the heck is this? And it shows how impotent the United Nations uh, governing body is as a whole to be allowing this charade to transpire. Um, And John Fetterman, uh, Betterman now, uh, I don't know what medicine he's taken to help him undergo such a radical personality shift, but I'm here for it because he was appearing at a a university um, and speaking to college students and rebuffing at the idea of Israel being uh, uh, labeled uh, or, or accused of committing genocide and suggesting that South Africa 
they need to sit this one out. And now let's also talk about that. Now we're talking about genocide. And now South Africa now is now bringing that kind of a trial. Maybe South Africa being able to sit this one out when they're talking about criticizing. <laughs> Boom. Roasted. He's been drawing a lot of ire from the left wing uh, when he's just been speaking truth, uh, whether it's about Israel or about uh, the idea of enforcing border security, not being anti-immigrant or xenophobic. I mean, he's really been on quite a roll lately, and I'm, I'm fascinated by the continuing evolution of John Fetterman. But yes, um, it's ridiculous for South Africa to be making charges of genocide, and you see who the aggressors are in displays like thug tactics of, uh, of Hamas being emulated in the United States um, by these protesters who are blocking traffic, grinding commerce to a halt, endangering citizens by uh, stopping emergency vehicles uh, from being able to navigate the city. This mimics, this is like terrorism light, um, and, and it's absolutely ridiculous that it's allowed to continue blocking traffic in New York City for hours crossing uh, like the Brooklyn Bridge or the Holland Tunnel and uh, uh, gr grinding traffic to a sta standstill. Well, this thing is worthless, like my Palestinian alarm clock. Allahu Akbar! And that's not hyperbole because, yes, these pro-Hamas protesters, not pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas protesters are, you know, uh, chanting Allahu Akbar in their protests. So it shows you the aggression, uh, the religious antipathy um, and the the hatred for the Jewish people. They quite manifestly do not want a peaceful end to the conflict because they believe they're involved in a religious holy war and their enemies are the people of Israel. They've avowed to wipe them out and exterminate the Jewish people from the river to the sea. And th this kind of uh, aggression should not be tolerated. And absolutely, Israel should be supported uh, in their efforts to uh, push back against Hamas and finally end, uh, end the attacks. Thanks for listening to 93 WIBC. I also wanted to play a soundbite from uh, the interview with Tucker Carlson and Jordan Belfort. You may remember that name from uh, the Leonardo DiCaprio movie Wolf of Wall Street, where he played Jordan Belfort uh, as the uh, hedonistic uh, stockbroker scam artist. Um, so if anybody knows about stock market manipulation and money laundering, it would be a former con man like Jordan Belfort, who when he observed 
observes the financial transactions of the Biden crime family and Democrats in Congress like Nancy Pelosi sees all the hallmarks of money laundering and insider trading, which if you or I had been involved with straight to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200, but different rules if you're a leftist. It appears that members of Congress consistently beat the S&P 500 in their personal investment. Nancy Pelosi. And a lot of others. Right. And Pelosi especially. But she's the famous one. Yeah. yeah. So how does that, is Nancy Pelosi, do you think, a stock-picking genius? No, she, she has to be operating on information that's non-public. Well, there's not, Wouldn't that say, make her a criminal? Yeah, but, you know, look at Joe Biden right now. I mean, <laughs> look what's going on right now. Like, yeah. this, listen. Do you I think was, he's a good stock picker? Joe Biden, no, I think he's great at laundering money, though. Yeah, I mean, honestly, apparently. What, from what I've seen right now, I don't get it. Like, just imagine if it was Trump who was president. Yeah. But every single day in the front page of the New York Times, the Washington Post, and every other publication would be like, $40,000 check for $20,000 check from his, his brother. I'm like, it'd be game over. Cries for impeachment. Oh, yeah. It'd be like the world falling down. He's in China's pocket. But it's like we're living in an alternative universe right now where people in power, especially on the, on the, on the left, right? can operate almost with impunity. And Pelosi is a perfect example. She's not the only one, but it's inconceivable that someone could have that high return in the market. Everyone else can't do it. This is why people are outraged with the executive because of the flagrant levels of dishonesty and the in-your-face nature of their financial crimes and their association with foreign governments and Joe Biden infusing his power and influence to financially benefit his son and other members of the family. So, you know, if anybody can lend credibility to that argument, it would be a former con man who knows the ins and outs of that kind of crime. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Up next, I wanted to play an interesting argument that was put forward by Trump's lawyer during the appeal hearing regarding presidential immunity, making a very curious position when asked about what the president can do uh, with SEAL Team 6. You don't want to miss this. Up next on Saturday Night on the Circle. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Getting dark, too dark to see. I feel I'm knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. 
Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm your bespectacled curmudgeon, Ethan Hatcher. In this segment, I wanted to cover a fascinating argument that was offered by Trump lawyer John Sauer in the uh, or, or uh, appeal hearing, oral arguments, for the presidential immunity case. Um, this was at a federal court. And look, I think at this point, it's quite obvious, um, barring some enormous twist of uh, quirk of fate. Uh, Donald Trump is probably going to be the nominee for the Republican Party, better for better or for worse. Um, you know, of course, he's enormously popular with the base, but sometimes these drops that are made by Trump associates uh, bear pause for consideration, especially when John Sauer is asserting that the president could assassinate his political rivals using SEAL Team 6, and that would qualify under immunity as long as he wasn't uh, successfully impeached. Could a president order SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political rival? That's an official act in order to SEAL Team 6? He, he would have to be and would speedily be, you know, uh, uh, impeached and convicted before the criminal but prosecution. If but if proceed. you weren't, there would be no criminal prosecution, no criminal liability for that? Chief Justice's opinion in Marbury against Madison and uh, uh, and our Constitution tradition and the plain language of the impeachment judgment clause all clearly presuppose that what the founders were concerned about was not. I asked you a yes no yes or no question. Could a president who ordered SEAL Team Six to assassinate a political rival who was not impeached would he be subject to criminal prosecution? If he were impeached and convicted first, and so, so your answer is. Is, no. is my answer is qualified yes there's a political process that would have to occur under our the structure of our constitution Now, do I think that President Trump would under, undertake a political assassination against his rivals? No, I do not. But I am especially concerned when his lawyer is so willing to participate in hypothetical questions like that just to obtain this uh, uh, you know, uh, blanket immunity for his client. I would have been much more comfortable if instead of participating in that really gross hypothetical, he would have merely honestly stated, that's not how the military works. And the president wouldn't be able to assassinate uh, his rivals on the political stage. Like that is that, that is a really gross um, hypothetical to engage in. But they, I mean, he took the bait. He took the bait, hook, line, and sinker in that desperate attempt to qualify uh, his client, President Trump, for blanket immunity. Which in this case, I don't think they should give because yes, it would get uh, uh, President Trump a get out of jail free card, as it were. But it would also qualify uh, crimes like President. Biden, uh, the the crimes of the uh, Biden crime family uh, would also qualify under pre uh, presidential immunity um, for actions that he has taken uh, to enrich his family uh, in office um, or other potential um, uh, infractions um, uh, like President uh, Barack Obama utilizing the IRS to deny uh, conservative groups uh, 501c3 status uh, to be able to register as a PAC um, and operate as a, a political arm for the GOP. So, yeah, like it, it's very dicey 
to give blanket immunity for any action that the president could undertake. Like, I don't I don't think that was what was intended by the Constitution. Another interesting drop from the Trump camp. You may remember in Iowa earlier this month, there was tragically another school shooting. Um, but this one didn't seem to gather much uh, media attention and quickly fell out of the news cycle. And I'll tell you why, Producer Jack, because it didn't follow something that I've come up with called the rule of 10. If there are fewer than 10 fatalities in a school shooting, this is just another day in America. It's, you know, uh, just a a quick drop on the news cycle and then it moves out. If it's 10 or more, that's when as a nation we pause and pay attention and it turns into another like Colorado school shooting um, or a Parkland or a Uvalde or a Virginia Tech, something that people remember and they take seriously. I call that the rule of 10. Turn, turn gotcha. your microphone. So if it's less than 10, then uh, we don't care. Right. It, fall, it falls out. And that that's, was the case here. Um, you know, only uh, four students injured, only one administrator injured, and the only uh, uh, fatality was uh, the sixth grader and... Uh, the uh, the perpetrator, the 17 year old himself at the Perry High School. So all in all, you know, just another day, <laughs> just another day. <laughs> and uh, and we can see that kind of attitude reflected in a callous statement by Donald Trump at an Iowa rally where I can't I can't believe he t- said this. Just telling the parents of that murdered sixth grader, ah, you got to get over it, got to get over it. Before going further, I want to send our support and our deepest sympathies to the victims and families touched by the terrible school shooting yesterday in Perry, Iowa. To the entire community, we love you, we pray for you, and we ask God to heal and comfort really the whole the whole state and the pain, the pain that you have. This is something that's very unique to your state. Uh, we're really with you uh, as much as anybody can be. It's a very terrible thing that happened. And uh, it's just horrible to see that happening. It's just horrible. So surprising to see it here. But uh, we have to get over it. We have to move forward. We have to move forward. Smile with you. Said for my father. All right, but you got to get over it. I can't imagine telling those parents with a straight face to get over the very recent murder of their son. Yes, it's an incredible tragedy that deserves reflection and question why it continues to happen, because it it seems like this is quickly becoming, you know, like I said, just another part of the news cycle, especially if it follows the rule of 10, where it's fewer than uh, 10 fatalities, ah, you know, just another day. Like we are becoming so callous and so used to this kind of violence and and reflected there by President Trump telling the parents uh, in the community, ah, you know, just get over this school shooting. It's not important. Um, And that that should give you cause for concern, like associates of President Trump, uh, Congresswoman Elise Stefanik, who I imagine is trying to uh, jockey for a vice presidential uh, nod in his uh, campaign for 2024 and continuing to maintain uh, that, you know, if the election doesn't go President Trump's way, then she's not going to certify the results. And they they set up this argument. If Trump wins, the election was legitimate. If he loses, it was stolen. And that's the basic thesis being advanced by Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. 
Would you vote to certify and will you vote to certify the results of the 2024 election, no matter what they show? Well, I voted not to certify the state of Pennsylvania because, as we saw in Pennsylvania and other states across the country, that there was unconstitutional acts circumventing the state legislature and unilaterally changing election law. What about 2024? What about 2024? We will see if this is a legal and valid election. Just to be very clear, I don't hear you committed to certifying the election results. Will you only commit to certify the results if, if they're President Trump wins? If they, Does that mean if the former President Trump no, wins? No, it means if they are constitutional. What we saw in 2020 was unconstitutional circumventing of the of the Constitution, not going through state legislatures when it comes to changing election law. And we're seeing this in my home state of New York, Kristen. We are seeing Democrats try to steal the election. No fair! You change the outcome by measuring it! Completely overlooking the fact that Trump had his day in court. In fact, he had more than 60 days in court challenging the election at multiple levels and failing every time, whether for procedural reasons or for lack of evidence. Um, In fact, now, uh, like Rudy Giuliani uh, being uh, convicted of uh, defamation against poll workers in Georgia, something that is quite difficult to do unless you're explicitly lying about people. And in this case, he was impugning uh, their collaboration in a scheme to overturn the election and steal the election for Joe Biden, which, you know, look, the Supreme Court has ruled in the election in the past, in recent memory, uh, in favor of Republican George Bush when the election was uh, under scrutiny in Florida, came under the, what was it, 300 ballots and hanging chads and how those were counted, ultimately uh, give, putting uh, uh, George Bush ahead and securing his uh, uh, his presidency. Um, and so I have no doubt that if there were, uh, there were election interference um, if there were votes truly being stolen, then the Supreme Court itself would have once again intervened, especially since three President Trump nominees were sitting on the bench. Neil Gorsuch, uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Um, oh, I can't remember that. Uh, the, the, the woman's name from uh, uh, Notre Dame. Shoot, it, it's it's escaping my memory at the at the moment. But anyway, he has three um, three nominees sitting on the bench who would have intervened in his favor if there was uh, any funny business going on. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm your host Ethan Hatcher. Wrapping things up in the next segment. Wanted to uh, consider a way that Dave Chappelle is once again dropping truth bombs and earning the ire of the left on his most recent comedy special that dropped on Netflix. Don't miss it for the final segment of Saturday Night on the Circle coming up next. This is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen, wrapping things up on a Saturday night. Are we okay? Did we survive? Did we make it through a conversation that was ever so slightly mildly critical of, of former President Trump? Are we okay? Are we all okay? Yeah, yeah, we're okay. We made it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad. I know sometimes that upsets people, um, but, you know, I, I feel like it's worthwhile to just consider some things from a different perspective. And we look. 
for better or for worse, President Trump is going to be the Republican nominee. So we need to gear up for uh, <laughs> potential criticism of his campaign. Thanks for listening to uh, my show. You can find podcasts uploaded to Saturday night on the circle.fireside.fm as well as WIBC.com. Um, it seems like whenever I talk about uh, former President Trump, it outrages people in the same way that Dave Chappelle outrages leftists when he talk, uh, drops truth bombs about, uh, in this case, the trans community. Um, most recently on his comedy special that was uh, released at the end of the year. And he opened with an allegorical mod- monologue that is absolutely on point talking about Jim Carrey and how that uh, relates to people who are engaged in an alternate reality being the transgender movement. I'm not going to go all into it, but Jim Carrey is talented in a way that you can't practice or rehearse. What a God given talent. I was fascinated with him and Norm knew that. And he called me up and he goes, Dave, I'm, he says, I'm doing a movie with Jim Carrey. Um, do you want to meet him? And I said, yes, I do. And it was the first time I could remember since my father died being excited. And the movie was called Man on the Moon. I didn't know any of this. And in this movie, Jim Carrey was playing another comedian I admired, the late, great Andy Kaufman. Yes, and Jim Carrey was so immersed in that role that from the moment he woke up to the time he went to bed at night, he would live his life as Andy Kaufman. I didn't know that. When they said cut, this was still... <laughs> Andy Kaufman. So much so that everybody on the crew called him Andy. I didn't know any of that. I just went there to meet him, and when he walked into the room where we were supposed to meet, I screamed, Jim Carrey! And everyone said, no! (laughs) Call him Andy. And I didn't understand. And then he came over and he was acting weird. I didn't know he was acting like Andy Kaufman. He's just like, hey, how you doing? And I was like, hello. (laughs) Andy? Now, in hindsight, how lucky am I that I got to see one of the greatest artists of my time immersed in one of his most challenging processes ever. I'm very lucky to have seen that. But as it was happening, <laughs> I was very disappointed. <laughs> because I wanted to meet Jim Carrey, and I had to pretend this <laughs> was Andy Kaufman all afternoon. And he was clearly Jim Carrey. I could look at him and I could see he was Jim Carrey. Anyway, I say all that to say, that's how trans people make me feel. And the best comedians have that ability to draw comparisons from everyday life in a way that makes complex issues understandable in a simple way. And these people are engaging in pretend, which is fine. This is a free country. You can behave however you want, dress however you want. Uh, if you want you to name yourself something else, well, heck, you know, heck, we can change change your name. But you can't alter reality. And as much as you want to pretend you were another uh, gender that's just not it's not how genetics works um and uh, forcing other people to participate in the pretend is where you cross the line because you can't force others to support and engage in your own self-delusion thanks for listening to saturday night on the circle wrapping things up for this evening the inaugural broadcast of 2024 and the first time producer jack has been uh, running the show independently 
and I think you've done a pretty good job figuring things out. Uh, they threw you into the uh, you. the de- <laughs> yeah a couple a couple hiccups, but I, I wrote some notes. To yeah, not. They threw you in the lion's den, man, with no preparation whatsoever, and you came out on top. Yeah, you conquered yeah, it. I you knocked it best. out of the park, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. We got all the all the technical hicks ironed out. The camera is working, and we are set to do better up next uh, next week when I return. I'm very excited. It's going to be an awesome 2024, and I hope you join me every step of the way. Unfortunately, that's all the time I have, so I leave you with my parting words of wisdom, as always, wherever you are whoever you're with whatever you're doing remember that life is a state of mind and i'll see you next week here on 93 wibc 